Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Natalie McGill is because Natalie was part of our February 29th, 2020 live show. It was a 12-hour marathon show celebrating our 12th year of existence. And unfortunately, it was our last live show of 2020 due to a global pandemic. So, Natalie, uh, we're checking back in. Uh, Natalie's been on the show a lot. Um, probably her most frequent run was in 2013. I've known Natalie a long time, so it was very nice to get to talk to her. Something that isn't very nice is we now have a Patreon account. Please consider donating at you, me, them, everybody. Com. It's in our podcast description, it's in this episode description, and it's quite easy. There's lots of tiers. We've been doing this now for 13 years. There's over 700 episodes, so if you want to go down a podcast spiral, uh, this is a great place to start. Here's the show. Cool. Yeah, I can't believe that was already a year ago. So. <laughs> yeah. Have you moved since then? No, I'm still in Silver. I'm glad I didn't move. <laughs> that would have been a bad idea. Uh, no. Um, I'm still in Silver Spring. So, exactly uh, half of the people that were on that show, as of me talking to you, have moved. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's weird. So you're one of the few people that haven't moved and you still have the same job. Yes. Yeah. Miraculously. haven't moved. Uh, so I didn't experience that upheaval and I'm still employed, so I didn't experience another type of upheaval that unfortunately a lot of people have. So um, how has your happened. year changed? How has twenty? How has the last year been different than other years besides the obvious? Um. Well, um, the way that we film Redacted tonight has definitely changed. I mean, we obviously don't have studio audiences um, anymore. Um, uh, so now we go into the office like every other week to to film two or actually honestly three three shows but two of them are like the, the normal friday show the other one's the interview show so um so there's something that so we do it that way so there's something in the bank to air the week that we are not allowed to be in the office per covid protocol um so uh it's it's weird not having the the audience there i mean well now i've gotten used to it but like that first week like there were, had really only ever been one time where we did an audience. So I did a show with no audience, and it was because Lee uh, was sick. Like he, he, his voice was just like not going to be ready for like Thursday night, so we had to like film it on a random Friday. But now that's just now that's just the regular routine now. So, are you looking forward to having an audience again? Um. I'm a little anxious about it. I, I, I think logistically, I, I don't think it's possible. I mean, the, it, I, I, and I think it's like a huge liability issue at this point mm -hmm. to have that many people who are, are not employed there to be there. Um, uh, and, you know, uh, you know, there's no way to track how many people have been vaccinated. And I think even if we did have some type of like office protocol for that, for 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 audience members, I bet you there are probably some audience members who you know don't want to opt into that. So I, I feel like it's going to be a whole <laughs> it's going to be a whole quagmire like when we get to that point. But I honestly don't. I would be very surprised if we had audience members by the end of this year in, in any sort, in, hmm. any form. And it's definitely not going to be to the extent that we had it before when we had like up to 30 people in one room with us like it, it's not going to be anything like that it would be like significantly scaled down even if we did 
go back to that. But you're, you're um, also a comic in addition to uh, your day job. So it does seem like there's going to be people in stand-up clubs. Would you feel comfortable performing this summer indoors? Uh, to be honest, no, <laughs> not yeah. right now. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I thought that maybe, you know, once I got vaccinated or more, you know, more people were vaccinated, I would feel maybe comfortable doing something inside maybe later this year. Um, this summer, by the summer, I'm like not sure about it because like the, the vaccine rollout were like, I'm in Maryland, the vaccine rollout in Maryland is like not that great right now. You know, my my the only person in my immediate family right now that's eligible for a vaccine is my dad um he's in like group 1c because he works at the post office Mm -hmm. and he's in no way in any shape or form like close to getting a vaccine i might be in the next priority group because i have hypertension but uh, realistically i probably won't get anything until the summer (laughs) so i'm just yeah, have you so I don't, I don't entered know. the D.C. system? Because isn't the day job located in... D- aren't the studios in D.C.? You know, that's a good point. I don't know if that's a workaround for me, like like working in D.C., if I can get it that way. Because me, the honestly, I, that is something worth looking into because I, I, I couldn't even tell you when I would get it through Maryland. Um, so I, I think you'll get it very, very soon if you do the DC way, because, um, my good friend got his appointment on, uh, he got it yesterday and he's going this Saturday and he's going to the arena in Southeast and cause there's a handful of the mass vaccination sites. Right. So he's already going Saturday and he applied yesterday. Holy crap. I've, I've been hearing people have been getting it really fast in DC and I'm just like, Everybody in Maryland was just looking like yeah. through the window with binoculars, like what the hell? Well, I mean, <laughs> for the for the listener at home that don't that doesn't understand, you're Natalie's like a thirty minute walk away from me. You're probably a mile and a half away from me, and I'm in DC and you're in Maryland, so it's not like we're talking about an hour's drive. No, no I could walk to your house all. by the time this podcast is over. Like it's not far at all. <laughs> right, exactly. So, that's how messed up it is. Yeah. <laughs> I do know that because I did the registration yesterday. I know that in addition to what you have in terms of medical, you're also a um, a slightly higher priority because of your job. Your day job is media, so right. you already have that leg up. So I wouldn't be shocked if you registered today and got an appointment for like next weekend at one of the mass vaccination sites. Yeah, I should. I should honestly. Yeah, I should look into that because I think between. Yeah, between my job, because in Maryland, when you look at the website mm-hmm. for like, you know, priority status and like what qualifies, like I was looking for media, I couldn't find it. Like, I think I had to dig farther to find out whether my hypertension would like be a factor in it. And I think it, it really is only for like literally the group before the last group. Yeah. You know, um, so, but I think, yeah, DC, like my, my health status plus my work status. Plus the fact that it's there might, you know, you know, that might be, that might work in my favor. So thank you for, thank you for, <laughs> I would not have even thought, I would have thought they would be like, oh, you don't live in DC, then like, screw you, you can't do it. Like I, but if they, if they let me do, in because I work there, then yeah, absolutely. I'm going to try to go DC. It's not like, like you said, it's like, it's not that, like I can literally walk to the border 
in less than five minutes. Yeah. Like j- just the border of DC is like, I I could literally stare at it mm-hmm. from my window, but like, but yeah, to go to any of the mass vaccination sites is not far away from me at all. So. And the thing that I, I understand the ire I'm in DC proper. You're not in DC proper. Other people that I know in DC proper, like why are there so many non DC residents getting it? And I'm like, who cares? As long as that's not the point. <laughs> the point is right. Exactly. Just fucking <laughs> exactly. shoot up everybody. I don't care where they live. I don't care about any <laughs> status. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel about it too. I really, I really don't care at this point. The more, the more people who get it in their arms, the better. I don't care how you do it. I know people who live here who are driving to like Pennsylvania to yeah. get it. You know, I mean, it's just like it's just ridiculousness. It really, just the, I, I don't know. I'm just really disappointed in you know how the logistics are with this and how it's being rolled out. But I'm also really not surprised that it's that the logistics are terrible either so i have only one real complaint and that's it seems and this goes for the unemployment stuff that happened in dc a few weeks ago too if you're building a system i would instantly go to the stub the people that do StubHub. do you know what StubHub is yeah it's the ticket exactly but StubHub, unlike Ticketmaster, isn't the first year StubHub is the resale market and I think you have less of a chance to screw up if you're the resale market than the initial ticket master. If you're ticket master and you're trying to get tickets to a show and you get timed out, you're going to keep trying again because like you just want those tickets and blah, blah, blah. StubHub has zero room for error because you're the resale market. So I would have brought in all the StubHub engineers to do this system because mm-hmm. they've done this before. But that's such right. a minor thing. And, and I totally understand Totally agree with you and everyone else that has, I guess, anger or disappointment in the system. But if we do take a step back to just realize, like, how impressive all of this is, it's pretty great. It, it's inspiring if you want it to be. Yeah, that is true because it's like, I mean, I'm, I should be honestly amazed that we have, like, three vaccines that or a vaccine this quickly yeah like i've never yeah in my lifetime have ever heard of anything like god knows how long it took for them to develop the what's the what the the hpv one mm-hmm. that was probably years and years and years and years of protesting before we got to that you know this yeah if an hiv cocktail was had this much like time and effort and and money spent like you could have saved like 90 percent of the people that died from aids this is crazy exactly so yeah. also I'm just trying to stay hopeful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How do you feel right now? Um, you know, I, I I feel a little burned out, you know. I think like at the kind of like at the beginning of it, like um and even toward the middle, um, I wasn't too bad because I to be honest, like I was going that at a pace with with stand up, uh, at least a, a at least a, a, a personal pace of mine that I thought it was like maybe I need to like slow down with mm. this or take a break. I really I'd never like I knew like other comics in the scene who like took like maybe like a couple months off or maybe they took a year off because you know out of it, it might 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 have been stuff that was out of their control, you know. And some of but some of it was it was like personal preference. They were just like you know what like. I need to figure out if I want to keep doing this or I need to like shift my life priorities. And so, so I feel like I know so many more people that like actually took a break from it and then maybe come back and then 
they enjoyed it more. And I feel like I never did that. Mm -hmm. I never took a break. I was just always just doing it. And like the longest break I would take is if like I went on a vacation. And even then, like I would just be like, well, do they have a mic in that scene? Like I just couldn't turn it off and stop. And this was like the one thing that like forced me to stop. And like not not to say that I wasn't doing, you know, I still did it through Zoom and like all that stuff. So like eventually when people started getting the hang of that software and like how to run shows you know confidently in that then you know i was doing more of those as the year came went on but it was kind of it was kind of nice to be like not feel pressured to like be at a mic like two or three nights a week and then still try to do my regular day job and then also try to like go to new york you know every couple of weeks like it was like the the pace that i was running like like say maybe the second half of 2019 going in last year was just like a lot you know I stepped back and I look and I was like I was doing way too much and mm-hmm. and there are some people who like if I had presented that schedule to them they would have probably I wasn't doing enough but to me I, I like I can't even imagine having that type of schedule anymore so <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen when we like go back to normal because I, I don't know if I could you know do anything like that but but I, but I also don't have to, like, for my own, you know, you know, mental and physical health. You know, I don't have to go back to the the pace, or I guess what's the term, the grind mm-hmm. that, that I was doing. You know, um, and I hope other people realize that too, because I, I feel like some people are trying to get back into this grind really quickly. You know, and sometimes I'm like looking online, and I'm like. Is that an indoor show with like yeah. no people wearing masks? Like, what the hell is this? Like, I just like that's another reason I'm not ready to go back into it that quickly because it's like one person's definition of like social distance and social distancing is different than another person's. Like, if I'm looking at some of this stuff, like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready for it to go back to normal yet because some people are like out of control. With it. So, so many, the not, yeah, anyone to herd immunity. So. The 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 show you work on is everyone else is also a comic. So when you guys are recording, are you in the same room or is it like, this is the Natalie time, this is the Naomi time and it's separate and you're never together. Yeah. Literally the only time two of us are together on set is like, there's one segment of the show called the panel where Mm -hmm. it's literally just a correspondent with Lee at the desk. And we're like, and we're even then at the desk, we're distanced, but like, it's like, but it's like, uh, Lee and course on um, one correspondent and then talking about like three stories mm-hmm. that we didn't get a chance to do something in depth about for the rest of the show. And that's like the only segment of the show where more than one of us is in the room together. Everything else is like filmed separately in like another studio on green screen or something like that. And then like spliced together with the rest of the show. So it's usually just Lee in the studio, like, by himself filming most of it and then yeah. our chunks. Well, I'm wondering if if they have the same um not rules but cautions that you have in terms of performing stand up right now. Um I would imagine so. Yes. I mean, cuz I think all of us for the most part of well, you know what? I don't think Lee has done any type of like live performance cuz he was like kind of doing like a, a his own, you know, his own tours really mm-hmm. like when he wasn't filming the show he would go you know go off somewhere for the weekend and do a show and he has not done that at all yeah um in the last year i can confidently say that and then you know um 
I know that Naomi and, and Anders have at least done like the outdoor shows and yeah. stuff, but no one, yeah, but I, I can't think of it, anyone. Like we're pretty much all in the same boat. It's just <laughs> like, you know, once stuff like opens up safely, like we'll, you know, try to, you know, return to like some sense of normalcy, like going back out and doing shows. But like we're, I don't think we're anywhere near that yet. So, um, Maybe, maybe, but yeah, I, I've heard people say like, oh, maybe by the summer or something like that, like that'll start looking normal. But at that point, I would rather be outside than inside anyway, even if it was super safe. So, so you're enjoying, you enjoyed some of those outdoor shows then? I did, yeah. Um, I mean, it was, um, it was also nice to like see people, to be yeah. honest, like cause there yeah. were a lot of people uh, who I had really only seen on, via zoom you know yeah. um if i was lucky you know because we were like all in the same lineup or something because i i wasn't i will say i didn't do a good job at like be, being proactive about putting together like a zoom of people and saying hi to them that was usually some other person um that put together and it wasn't even and it wasn't even necessarily comics it was just like comic friends of mine who mm -hmm. were like i want to see you let's schedule this time so I wasn't doing that uh, as much with comics. So really the only times I was like seeing people was if somebody put an outdoor show together. Um, so, you know, if, if I hadn't done any outdoor shows, there were probably, and there's still some comics who I haven't seen in like a solid year. It doesn't yeah. mean that I saw everybody that I was doing shows before everything went shit. So, um, but, um, but that was a nice way of, you know, reuniting with people, even if from a, from a distance so um and um and there were people who i was impressed uh, well i guess i shouldn't have been been impressed with the number of people came out because i think everybody was so stir crazy yeah I just wanted to get out of the house and like do something other than watch netflix um so or be around their own family they wanted to see yeah. other people other than the people they were living with um so so yeah, so it was, there's definitely a, a hunger for it. You know, I think people, so I don't think like indoor venues will have a problem getting people to come back, you know. So. Oh no, I, I completely <laughs> agree. I just don't want to be there myself. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, totally fair. Your job forces you to follow the news uh, more than most. Um uh, is this taking a toll on you or would you have already been doing this because you were a journalist? It's just, you were a more specialized journalist and now you're more general political. Uh, does this make sense? Um, yeah, no. Um, uh, I mean, I feel like it, it's, it's some BS that I would have had to deal with anyway. Okay. It was, it was, it was an election year. So yeah. everything was already heightened and terrible and Trump stuff. Trump was just getting crazier and crazier every day. Like, I, I will say it became the, the all the news of the coronavirus and all the cases like that made it harder to to watch the news every day. Like, I'm someone who who will watch the local news pretty much every day, and then maybe followed up with like national, like NBC News, like right mm -hmm. after that. You know, so and it did get increased because of the pandemic. It did. I will admit, it did get increasingly harder to watch it after that because it just and until they, you know, had any good news about the vaccine or a rollout, it was literally just like, well, the deaths got higher. And I'm just like, how am I supposed to like 
what like it's like I can't avoid these parts, you know, like it's <laughs> so to watch like the other things, like I have to like sit through this part too. And it's not like I don't wanna be, you know, ignorant about what's going on or uninformed, you know. Um, but like that was yeah, that was just really hard hard to watch, especially like toward the toward the end of the year when that huge spike happened, you know, when it was just like it was like a hundred, it added like a hundred thousand deaths or something mm-hmm. in like yeah. a month. I was just like, holy shit. Like that was when I was just like, I need to like just turn this off. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe I, just get it from one source, you know, where I can avoid some of that for a minute. You know. It's interesting because I think the majority of people, at least in my orbit, had like already become numb to it. And, Not, no, yeah. and in a weird way, that's good that you weren't numb to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was depressing. Yeah, I couldn't. Like, I just couldn't. Like, I, like every once in a while, you'll you'll forget. It. Like, the only time I really wasn't thinking about it was when I was working. You know, because well, you kind of have to. At that point, because at that point, you have to tune it out to to write something. Like, if I had that swirling in my head, like all the like the death instruction when I was writing something, like I would have never gotten any scripts done. Yeah. So at some point, I had to like tune it out even just for like a few hours and then at that point that was when I was about to watch news anyway because it was the Pentagon like my work schedule is crazy now that we're like not in there every day so like I might start writing you know I might start my writing like at 10 p.m. you know Mm -hmm. because that's when my brain is working and then I'll like work through 3 a.m. or something but in that in that time I might watch the 11 o'clock news and just like oh like (laughs) like that that yeah, depending on what I see, it might like throw me off, you know. But um, do you but, find yourself working more because you're not in the office? Um, I I don't know. Actually, I feel like it's. I don't know if I would say I'm working more. I'm just working differently. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I've had to. Um it's been harder to force myself to develop some type of routine because like I'm not going into the office every day. And then even when I am the week I am in the office, it's not every day. It's only certain days mm-hmm. to film things and edit things. So it's not like a full eight hour day. So I've, I've definitely had to develop, you know, some things like, like I bought like a, one of those like mini dry erase boards that mm-hmm. you like see in CVS or Staples just to like, give myself reminders about things that were like coming up um because I felt like because there were honestly certain times where I was like oh shit I forgot to wash my face (laughs) (laughs) that's like simple stuff where I was just because if it's like I said my I work weird so like sometimes I'm just like I'll if I get an idea or I get an inspiration or a spark I'm just gonna sit there and bang it out like I don't care if there's like general hygiene things that I probably should have done first before I started writing. Like I literally sit down and just like, I don't care. I don't care what I'm supposed to be doing or what society says I'm supposed to be doing right now. Like I need to finish this and then I will deal with that. And then I think that was when I needed the dry erase for it. Cause it was like, did you drink water today when you went on the writing spree? And I was like, no, nah, I didn't. So like, <laughs> it's, it's def- since I've gotten it, it has definitely helped with stuff or even now I think I have something on the board to remind me to buy something for my nephew because his birthday is next 
we, his birthday's on the 20th, so. How old is your um, nephew turning? One. So oh, he wow. Was, uh, yes, he was born, a, and he was a preemie, too. So yeah. he scared the crap out of us. He was not supposed to come until, not that he would have been born during a particularly great time anyway, sure. but his birthday was supposed to be April 20th. Um, and then I get like a phone call, from my, and which I knew was bad because mostly me and my brother text. Mm-hmm. So when he was calling me and I was like, oh no, what's about? And it was like Friday morning and he was like, yeah, so Katie went into labor, so we're going to last. And I was like, ah! Because I knew he wasn't supposed to come out then. Yep. And we haven't had like a better family in like over 20 years. Like, the la- yeah, last time there was like a preemie baby, I was like in eighth grade, you know, and, and she was, well, now she's like 22 or 23 now, but she. She was born even further back. She was like, I think she was maybe two months premature. Um, so, um, so yeah. But you would, if you looked at him, you would never know he's is preemie. He's <laughs> my. <laughs> I just, I just watched him this past weekend, and like my arms are still trying to recover from that. He's like one of those babies that like want to be like held all the time, mm. and then like no, stop moving. Yep. Um, which his brother was kind of like that too. His older brother's five, but like, but he was like even more extreme about it. And so I was just like, wow, I was like, am I just really out of shape? Or are you like heavier than your brother was at this time? And then my sister-in-law said, it was like, we might have to buy a new car seat because he's already maxing out on the weight of the car seat. That That's great. Like, which I guess was, yeah, he's like 28 pounds. So Jesus like, okay, Christ. So- Yes. So I was like, oh, well, now I don't feel as bad for like <laughs> putting him down. Like, I, I literally, it was just like doing reps where it was just like, okay, I'll carry you around and then we got to like rest for a minute and then we'll start again. Like that, that was like the last like hour and a half of like me watching them was just me doing that. And then I, and then the next morning I could not move my arms. And then when she told me literally yesterday, like how much you weighed, I was like, okay, <laughs> uh, now I don't feel bad. <laughs> I'm I'm glad that kid is fat because uh, yeah that's scary when it's pre when it's premature so yeah. that's great yeah yeah I was like I'm not complaining I'd rather him be I'd rather him be thick than this yeah probably, so. and the I'm fact not, that you I'm help out bad. is massive yeah I mean I could help out more to be honest the only reason that I kind of like um big uh take a step back a little bit is just because of the pandemic and because I, I am one of the few people in our family that actually still has to go in somewhere. Yeah. So there's a little, so there's a little hesitancy there. Like granted that I'm pretty like our office is pretty ironclad about that shit. Like you gotta be wearing a mask at all times. I upgraded my mask. I work KN95 now. Yeah. And I made sure it wasn't a counterfeit one too. Cause I was like Google searching on it. But, um, but yeah, so I think I, I'm pretty, safe and also like i'm not surrounded by tons of people even when i am there so i think so 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 i've been pretty good about it but but i still am a little wary sometimes like i about going in about the fact that i still go in and being around them so like so so they do ask me like i i definitely say yes i can do it because i know i don't see them as often so going on if this wasn't going on i would see them so much more i think that's what kind of one of the things that sucks about it especially with a new baby like you know i would i would have been there so much more if this hadn't been happening and i wasn't paranoid 
about them getting sick. And then, and I think they were on erring on the side of caution too, especially after he was born because he was born prematurely. So, you know, so, um, but, but yeah, he's doing, he's so, you would not, you would never know. That's great. (laughs) What are you looking at? I'm sorry, go ahead, please. I'm going to say just how, how are you doing in terms of, because I I don't think I, um, talked was your baby born by then yeah he's uh he's 19 months old now oh gosh (laughs) because i'm just like i respect anybody's well any kids but especially newborn kids or or toddlers or or anything like that with during this pandemic like i'm just i'm just in awe because like no you're not getting the type of breaks that you normally would have done well, we don't Not have that any. You would get, like, exactly. The like, difference is we have no family here, anyways. Yeah. So, like, it, yeah. there is no break coming. And the the biggest break he was supposed to start daycare on April first, twenty twenty, and that didn't happen for obvious reasons. So, um, right. he just started a program at the start of February. So it took a lot longer. And if anything, I was just worried about socialization then anything right. else but yeah i'm worried about that too yeah they're so young and it's not like it's not a situation like room where like you're kidnapped a kid like literally every kid in reasonable <laughs> environments are going through the exact same thing therefore right in a weird way it'll be fine it's not it's not like a leper situation or <laughs> and also i feel like if anything zero to three is a huge leg up on anybody because um, they don't have any other memories and they won't remember any of this. Right. We're like the seven, eight, nine, ten 10 year olds. That's going to be a little weird. And I feel really the worst for like the 14, like the high schoolers, because yeah, yeah. this is super tough. This is the time you want to be at home the least. And I feel horrible for them the most. And I, and I'm worried that there's going to be a lot of, um, risky behaviors that otherwise wouldn't have happened for obvious reasons. So on that note, yeah. what are you looking forward to? <laughs> um, what am I looking forward to when like we have like herd immunity or something? Yeah, let's or... do both. Let's do your vaccinated and then herd immunity. Um, okay. Um, yeah, when when I'm vaccinated, assuming that you know my because I don't even know if my grandmother's gotten it yet. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Uh, um, but uh, assu- yeah. Assu- Assuming I'm vaccinated, um, I would like to be able to visit my family more um, and and a, a couple of friends. I'm not going to go like like ape shit or anything like that. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. you know, the people that I was seeing more often before it happened, I would like to, you know, start doing things with them. Um, and and I don't know, like a lot of my friends are, are still aren't really comfortable dining indoors or something, even when we do have vaccinations. So. I don't, I don't, I would love to go to dinner and all that other stuff with people, but I don't know if that's going to happen until maybe like the end of this year. So that's a, that's a herd immunity thing for you then. Yeah. For me, that's a herd immunity thing. Like going out in a hospital, not a hospital, sorry, um, a restaurant and eating with a bunch of people and stuff like that. That's, that's going to be a minute for me, but, um, but, but just general, like getting the vaccine and after two weeks after I get it, like, yeah, I would love to be able to see some more family on a regular basis and not feel like I'm going to kill them. So, um, and my, (laughs) and my, my, my grandmother, I was worried about the most because she actually ended up getting it. She got it. um, 
Yeah, and luckily she's fine. She was one of those people who had. I mean, obviously she wasn't like, like, even with a mild case, she wasn't like you know, bouncing off the ceiling or anything. She was eighty-one years old, so you know, so she was just you know, kind of like, you know, still had like aches, aches and stuff like that, like residual things, you know, after she, you know, wasn't infectious anymore. But, um, but yeah, once they started announcing like priority groups, I was just like, okay, like when are we gonna get you? Like I have a, a an aunt um, who like works in healthcare and was like already trying to sign her up for stuff. So I'm gonna check in with her maybe after we get off the, yeah. <laughs> off the podcast just to see if she's got anything yet. Because it's like I know my dad is not not any close to getting it, but I would hope that she he's fucking frontline. Yeah, he's right. I know that's what's really annoying about it, and it's especially annoying now that in Maryland they're gonna start um, expanding the capacity because our governor's an idiot. Because not all, not all of the essential people, not all essential workers have been vaccinated yet. Um, and and he's now he's like, oh, okay, like now more people can eat indoors or all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, all the people that are serving these people haven't gotten their vaccines yet. So this is a really boneheaded move. And I'm not surprised because, he's, you know, like he's, he's garnered a lot of criticism for a lot of reasons. But they're like some people who love him because he's... A conservative but he's not a trumper and it's just like like that's still like it's <laughs> that the bar is so low that that is what your comparison is it's like well at least he's not like a trump conservative like yes but he's still making dumb dumb decisions <laughs> that are going to affect people's lives so like you know it, it's i don't know i don't know i think feel people need to have like a different set of standards for their own <laughs> elected officials and like this is I don't think it's any different than, you know, the the governor from Texas, the governor from Mississippi opening stuff up way before this close to. So, so I don't know. Maryland's yeah. Maryland's doing, doing the worst right now. <laughs> i normally have a lot of state pride, but I'm just very, very, very upset about certain things and the way they've been handled. But You, Me, Them, Everybody is made by me, Brandon Weatherby. Our theme music is by Daniel Knox. Our art is by Jillian Ron. You can hear all 13 years of shows at youmethemeverybody.com. If you're listening to this in Spotify or on iTunes, the last year of episodes are available uh, with some sprinklings of the other ones. If you want the rest of the catalog, which features over 700 episodes, you, me, them, everybody. Dot com. Our Patreon page is on our about page. It's all there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. At sign YMTE. Thanks for listening. I'll hug the places that you've been sleeping. Friends and family I'll be keeping. Won't